0: Explain to the audience what's because Girardi really made me laugh with his, you know, his explanation of what happened.
1: Yeah, and to tell you the truth, he explained it. I'm sitting there listening, and I still don't entirely understand what it was that he he kind of had a rib issue. They took him out kind of in a precautionary way. As it turns out, though, he was fine. He was running. Uh, After the game, it was kind of a spring training thing where you want to be overly cautious, which Joe Girardi tends to be at this time of the year. So it it doesn't seem like it's anything to worry about. And you can breathe a sigh of relief because I think if the
0: Phillies are going to be a playoff team this year,
1: Connor Brogdon is going to have to be a huge part of that bullpen.
0: He throws very, very hard. the, the, The combination of veterans and youngsters that Girardi has in his bullpen and combination of guys that uh, that come from different angles, different speeds. He's a key because when you need a strikeout, you got a man on third less than two outs in a big spot. He's the guy that can deliver that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think he was a little nervous when he came up the first time last year, but when he came up the second time, that, that final week to 10 days of the season, he looked electric, like he could be a closer in the future. He's not going to be that – to begin the season, but you would still think he's going to be a huge part of this season one way or another.
0: All right. Let's go through as we see it right now. And we have uh, now that today's games are over uh, we have two weeks left in camp. If you, if you start measuring by tomorrow afternoon, two weeks left of games and you know, then a couple of days off before opening day. So let's go through since we're on the other side of the, of the halfway point of spring training, Catcher, it's gonna be Rail Muto and Andrew Knapp. Nobody else is gonna uh is really gonna bump any of those two off, correct? Yeah, correct. All right. First base, it's Reese Hoskins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's Gene Segura at second. Correct. It's Didi at short. For sure. It's Boehm at third. Yeah. Now, and, we, uh, yeah. Go ahead. now well, we I was get, just gonna say the yeah. Phillies
1: do seem excited about the chance that Bohm can take a step to forward defensively.
0: All right, but he's your third baseman. Now we get to the fun part. Let's start with your utility infielder. Who's the the Swiss Army knife that can move all around the infield?
1: That's a very good question. I mean, you have Brad Miller, who's also kind of dealing with an injury that can play first and third, but is also at least to some degree an outfield option. So you have Brad Miller, and, uh, I, I mean, I think that's still in a lot of ways a job. That is up for grabs. I would guess that uh, Scott Kingery fills that role in some way, in addition to being a fit in the outfield. I know CJ Chatham is a possibility as well, but that is one of the roster spots to me that has not been completely decided yet.
0: So, if you had to settle right now for the sake of this conversation on two utility players, can we safely assume it would be Kingery and Brad Miller? Yes. Okay. assuming Brad Miller's healthy. He,
1: I believe, was getting an MRI done today. Certainly, he was getting imaging done after the game today.
0: Let's go to the outfield, all right? The corners are settled with Bryce and McCutcheon. Now in center field. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy, where are we here? Can, I haven't... Can Roman, can Roman Quinn, you know, stay healthy longer than, uh, you know, the average, uh, you know, uh, soccer match? I mean, come on.
1: Roman Quinn is... Uh... He would be a great 26th man on a team that has center field figured out. But I don't believe for a variety of reasons he's cut out to be a starter. And considering he has no minor league options left, it really makes me wonder if he's going to be here come opening day. Adam Hazley is probably going to start the year on the injured list. Certainly, I don't think he'll be ready for opening day. So that saves Quinn a little bit. But you have Mickey Moniak, who's emerged. You have Odubel Herrera, who... Uh, Had a great game today. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, you have different options out there in center field, and you still have Scott Kingery, who uh, is being paid
0: more than all of them except Herrera.
1: So it's an interesting discussion for sure.
0: You've watched Herrera in camp, and I've said this several times on this radio station. If you didn't want him to win the job, you should not have invited him to camp because the guy has made it his mission to, you know, right his wrongs and get out there and win that center field job. As, you know, politically incorrect as it may sound to a lot of people, Odubel Herrera right now, Tim, I think is your leader in the clubhouse to be, you know, your opening day center fielder.
1: Yeah, I think he probably is. The,
0: the thing is you do have to add Oduble Herrera to
1: the 40-man roster, so that works against him to a degree. Scott Kingry has looked lost for a lot of spring training. Roman Quinn's swing still looks too long. Adam Hazley is hurt. And Mickey Moniak's looked excellent, but I do think he'll probably open the season at the Satellite Squad and into A because the Phillies want him to consistently play. Look, I, I'm not going to tell anyone to feel about O'Double Herrera. What I will tell you is when I listened to him talk, I felt like he was contrite. And I think as a baseball player, he's done an excellent job. Now, if you believe that what the the actions that he did are unforgivable permanently then i'm not going to tell you that you're wrong i think this isn't a a situation where reasonable minds can disagree on this but to me from a baseball sense he he probably is your best option in center field
0: now you, you just don't solely focus on the phillies you watch everything that's going around uh happening around baseball. There are several teams, including the one I broadcast, him, that have a surplus of outfielders, and there's a couple of guys that are out of options. I will give you a possible alternative. If ex-Philly Jay Bruce wins the 26th roster spot with the New York Yankees, and remember he is left-handed with power, something that the Yankees desperately need. They need a backup first baseman. Luke Voigt's already got issues with his knee. Okay, and he can play either of the corner outfielders. Yankees, a team that's on the brink of, you know, they're right there went to to win now. It's not a team where, you know, Jay Bruce is starting to get up in age a little bit, is going to have to wait for a while. This this is the shot. The Yankees have history with guys like Chili Davis and Ruben Sierra and Daryl Strawberry and Tim Raines of having veterans like Bruce at this stage of their careers be big time contributors. So if Bruce makes the, the, the Yankee roster, there is no room for a guy like Mike Talkman, who is out of options. Could that be someone the Phillies could be interested in?
1: I view him more as a corner outfielder, specifically left field. But beggars can't be choosers in this situation, and the Phillies really are beggars in a lot of senses. I think it's going to depend what they believe of Scott Kingry, how much they believe in him. He hasn't looked good this spring. I know the contract exists, and I know he's shown moments, but I, I just I wonder if he continues to struggle. What they're going to do with him on opening day, and if you have Herrera, if you have Moniak, if you eventually have Adam Heasley, they're all left-handed hitters. So Talkman would kind of balance that out for you. So he, he's an interesting name. Again, I think he's probably best geared to play a corner outfield spot, but he's relatively cheap because he's early in arbitration because he came up young. So I think it could make sense. And eventually maybe he becomes your left fielder next season when McCutcheon's contract is up.
0: I watched him play center field today, moving from left to right and making some magnificent plays. So don't, don't even underestimate him defensively in center field. I think it would be a marvelous addition. And my gut tells me, and I believe, Tim, you'll know, uh, it's next Monday, correct? It's 10 days before opening day. That some of these veterans that have that clause, that escape clause in their contracts, have to be, uh, you know, alerted to whether they're going to make the team or not, because if they can leave, correct? Not- yeah, the
1: the Phillies have a bunch of different guys that are some don't have that opt out, some do. I think it's on the twenty fourth, something like that. So maybe it's a little closer than when you said, but it, a lot of the contracts are different, and a majority of the guys in the Phillies' case are bullpen guys.
0: We're talking to Tim Kelly, uh, philliesnationradio.com. Baseball, 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 amongst other things, but especially this time of year, he is focused on, uh, on the fight in Phils. All right, let's get to the pitching. What have you seen in camp as you, you know, really take a close look and a deep dive into this rotation? Who has impressed you the most? Right now, who would be your five-man starting rotation?
1: I think Zach Eflin has impressed me the most throughout the course of this offseason. The Phillies were talking about how they need to add starters, but they feel really good in the first, not just the first two, Aaron Oll and Zach Wheeler, but the first three. Zach Wheeler had his best season last year, and he's looked excellent in spring training. Seems to have a confidence and have figured things out. So that is a, a very good sign. But Matt Moore has been excellent. He was very good again today. So to me, he's pretty much a lock in that fifth spot. I think the thing that makes the most sense for the Phillies is Chase Anderson, because he was guaranteed a major league contract, begins the season as your number five. You kind of monitor Spencer Howard's workload, whether that means he's in the bullpen or at the satellite squad. And I don't know what happens to Vince Velasquez. I really wonder with the team close to the luxury tax threshold, he's making about $4 million, give or take, this season. I wonder if they'll trade him before the beginning of the season. He could be used in the bullpen as well. but. They seem to have quite a few uh, seriously good options there. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Vince Velasquez is not on this team to begin the season.
0: I tend to agree with you, and, and I'm telling you, there's still room for a lot of roster you know, movement uh, in these next couple of weeks, and I agree with you 100% Velasquez could be in another uniform. Bullpen, Archie Bradley, Jose Alvarado. Uh, Alvarado, if, if Alvarado – uh, can fully come back physically. I mean, what this guy throws, Tim, it is nasty from the left side.
1: Yeah, I mean, to have had injuries and still be able to throw that hard, it, it, it's, it's pretty incredible. So you have Alvarado, you have Ho- um, Archie Bradley, you have Hector Neris. Those are kind of the three that are locked in. I think mm-hmm. Jojo Romero looked pretty good. Uh, I've liked what I've seen from Tony Watson. Tony Watson is kind of, you were talking about different changes of pace. Mm-hmm. He's kind of that guy. Um, I'm trying to think who else. You have Brandon Kinsler as a non roster invitee. That is a veteran that's done really well. Ramon Rosso, I believe, is still on the 40 man roster. So you have him as an option. JD Hammer has really stood out to me this spring. He's throwing about two and a half miles more on his fastball so you don't want to jinx things every year you feel like you're going to have a good bullpen and for the Phillies clearly that has not happened but it does feel like a team where the bullpen could dramatically flip in one year and if this is just a middle of the pack bullpen they have a very good lineup and you think they have at least three solid starters this is a team that can win
0: 85 90 games and
1: be in playoff contention
0: and you even did f- failed to mention Hector Rondon right. I, is another guy that's not on the 40-man roster, but, you know, another very hard thrower and a guy that, that could contribute. So when, when we add it up here, give me some candidates. If there's two non-roster guys that make the team, okay, then mm-hmm. I think Velasquez might be a guy that you could entice another team with that would open up a roster spot. Who would be the other, in your opinion?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I think there's going to be multiple. I think Herrera is a non-roster guy that'll make it, and I think Matt Joyce is as well. But out of the bullpen, I, I think Tony Watson's going to make it, and I think uh, Brandon Kinsler probably has a pretty good chance to make it as well. So they're going to have to do some maneuvering. One of the reasons I think Velasquez will probably be gone, and, and then we'll we'll see from there. But I mean. It, they are going to have a good opening day, 26-man roster that is
0: a playoff-caliber roster. The National League East, uh, and uh, and my partner today on our Yankee broadcast, Jeff Nelson, The uh, remember the old relief pitcher with the big-time slider that moved from one side of the plate to the other? Jeff For Nelson sure. was, was my broadcast partner today, mm-hmm. and Nelson is convinced, and I happen to agree with him, that the National League East, top to bottom, is probably the most competitive division in all of major league baseball any of the five teams well the marlins is though is the is the one team that you really have to give some thought to was that an aberration last year in a 60 game season that they made it to the playoffs uh over 162 can don mattingly's troops you know continue at, at the pace they were on last year do they improve with a lot of youngsters and and especially young arms that they have and Uh, and and some uh, up-and-coming position players or do do you think Miami comes a little bit back to the pack and if you throw the Phillies the Braves the Mets and the Nationals and we're still trying to find out what happened today to Steven Strasburg do we know anything else Tim by the way
1: I don't believe so no
0: okay because all all I heard was this afternoon that he came out of the game and it you know looked like it could have been something serious so uh, tie here, see if you can find out if, uh, anything on Steven Strasburg for us, uh, por favor, but of those four teams, Tim, I think any one of those four all, and really depending on who gets off to a good start, you can't get behind in a division that is this competitive. You can't fall behind early and have to, and have to come back to the pack. You, you've got to get off to a good start and the Philly schedule right off the bat in April is rather difficult.
1: Yeah, I think the Nationals are probably still too top-heavy. Trey Turner and Juan Soto are one of the best one-twos in baseball, but the bullpen you still have questions about. You have Max is going to be 37 this year, I believe. Strasburg is a Hall of Fame-caliber player when he's healthy, but never seems to be healthy. So I'd be surprised if the Nationals won. The Marlins, you mentioned the pitching they have. They may take a step back this year, but from a long-term perspective, they are set up super well. Derek Jeter, everyone there has done a, a great job at building that organization up. But I think it comes down then to those three teams, the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves. I, I'm always cautious to, to bet on the Mets because it, it's like betting on the Browns. like a, You just know
0: something's <laughs> yeah. going
1: to go wrong. Even uh, It's a roster that should win 92 games. I think the Braves are the best team in this division. I think they'll win 96, 97 games. But could the Phillies win 89 or 90 games and be
0: a wild card team?
1: I, I think that's a very realistic expectation.
0: So what I am reading on Strasburg is that he left the game in the third inning because of a problem with a calf. He calls it nothing major, but you know he's going to get that checked out. And if and if he's got a, a calf issue for a guy that uh, that uses his legs as much as uh, Steven Strasburg does, uh, that, that could be worrisome. Uh, for the Washington Nationals. I think, Tim, this is a year with this group that Joe Girardi will finally be able to spread his wings and show everyone why he was, A, a one-time National League Manager of the Year, B, a World Series champion manager with the Yankees. Uh, I think he had his hands, hands tied, handcuffed last year with the situation he was put into, 60 games, the, the terrible bullpen. But do you get the same feeling I do, that there's a different vibe about this Phillies group this year, this camp, and maybe it's because of the way it's being covered in, in a weird sort of way, you know, that with, with only with Zooms. It seems like guys are going about their business, and there's no controversy. It's a very, very professional camp. There's a different vibe. I, I can feel it being down here in Florida. Uh, but, you know, you you take a deep dive into this team on a daily basis. My gut tells me that Joe Girardi and this coaching staff and this group are going to surprise a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I think there has to be a sense of urgency.
0: And it, what, what you've
1: said has been echoed by Larry Boa, by Charlie Manuel, people that have been around down there. And Joe Girardi's first season with the Yankees, I believe they missed the playoffs the second year. They had CeCe, Sabathia, A.J. Burnett, and Mark Teixeira and beat the Phillies in the World Series. So I think in a lot of ways the first year was feeling things out. You made a change in the front office. You brought in a president of baseball operations, in Dave Dombrowski, that is known for winning immediately, sometimes even at the cost of the long run. And then you have all these guys, Bryce Harper, J.T. Romuto, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, Reese Hoskins, all at or close to the height of their powers. If you don't win with this team this season, I mean, what is this era? What is going to change in the next few seasons that you, you become a playoff team? If you are not a playoff team this year and certainly a team with a winning record this year, you just start to wonder how much of a failure this era is going to look like. So I think that, yeah, it's absolutely crucial. I don't think they're going to win the National League East, but at least get to the playoffs because it, it, I don't know what changes would be made. You've changed managers. You've changed Front office, I I don't know what would be changed. You'd kind of be left at the crossroads if you don't make the playoffs this year.
0: Is there one thing that worries you at this stage of spring training? Really, what is the the if you have a concern about this team, then what is it?
1: I would say that Scott Kingery looks really not good right now, and whether he was going to be your center fielder or a platoon or a super utility or whatever. I think you were counting on him playing some role, and I I just get a bad feeling from what I've seen so far. But I get a much better feeling about the bullpen, and I think the starting rotation is deeper than it was a year ago. It's just a matter of how do guys go on as the season goes from 60 games to 162. But every team is dealing with that this year. The offense should be really good.
0: Tell everyone that's listening where you and those folks around you, because you've got some very talented young people, involved in this whole thing with you uh, can read everything you guys are writing because your coverage of this team has been spot on. So tell everybody where they can find what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that. You can follow it on, follow philliesnation.com,
1: radio.com, sports, and then follow me at Tim Kelly sports on Twitter.
0: All right. And believe me, Phillies fans, uh, Tim, and who's the young lady that writes also should I, I have on Twitter? Destiny Legardo, she is
1: uh, as good a person doing these long-form stories as there is for the Phillies right
0: now. Uh, She is absolutely fantastic. I'm very pleased that we were able to bring her up. Follow Tim, follow Destiny on Twitter. They do one heck of a job. Tim, a couple of more weeks, and your team is coming north, baby. I can't wait. All right. We'll see you down the road. All right. See you, Ricky. Thank you, Tim.